0: I, I know my dad listens. Uh, your mom and dad probably listen. You know, Brazilian ties. <laughs> my this parents strange, don't nobody listen. Nobody because nobody likes them. So he's the only one listening. Uh, I, I don't like. my wife doesn't listen. I'm sure your fiancé barely listens. She probably listens to the Eskimo Empire Boys. So,
1: I don't think she's listened to a single second of this show. <laughs> 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 they once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires while listening to the entire Tragically Hip discography. They love their Canadian football. John Fraser, a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan and sports reporter from Saskatoon. Does this mean I have to start researching? And Travis Kura, a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan and radio announcer from Red Deer. Does anybody want to do fantasy Dancing with the Stars next uh, season? Bring you the two and Out CFL podcast. Every week, Fraser and Kura will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League and nonsense can't forget the nonsense grab some poutine and a double double it's time for the two and out podcast ready set hut! welcome to episode 28 of the two and out CFL podcast Fraser Cura Brazilian Thai oh the whole party the whole band is together for uh, the Grey Cup wrap-up episode I-, I think we should do things a little bit differently today we're going to talk about the Grey Cup and then the news because things have been crazy today.
0: Yeah, things kind of blew up today. I thought, oh, yeah, this podcast could be real easy to record. We'll talk breakup, talk the <laughs> stories of the two of you guys have, and then, hey, we'll put our feet up and make a relax. But instead, the CFL world of news went. Yeah! Today, and that's the spot we're in now. So, first off, normally, Travis, you're kind of the quarterback of this, but for this segment, I feel like I should kind of take the reins here. Because the two of you just finished up your Grey Cup experience together. Sitting right across from me right now is
2: Brazilian tie. So let's start with you. How did it feel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a question I haven't heard yet. Um, it was different, I guess. It The first... Five minutes was excruciating, and I think it was mainly because I psyched myself out so bad.
1: Well, and it was but. really cool, and big shout-out to Nikki from uh, Men's Aesthetics in Winnipeg. She was so nice to you. She, <laughs> she actually went really, really gentle on you, but uh, this was a really educational experience for me. Uh, not only do I know you uh, a lot better... But you have to keep breathing. So I was coaching Ty through the whole thing. Ty, breathe. Breathe. It was like he was in labor. I was just going to say,
0: I I can picture the two of you holding each other's hands. Ty's (laughs) under regions, under a a towel. And Travis going there, just breathe, Ty. You can get through this. You can get through this.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Travis saw a whole new side of me that day.
1: Yeah, and my favorite part is when uh, she waxed your back end.
2: <laughs> Everybody I tell the story to, they say it's their favorite part.
1: I-, I had a front row seat for that.
2: <laughs> and would you, would
0: you have paid for that front row seat?
1: Oh, what would I have paid? Oh, at least 50 Timbits.
0: Uh. <laughs> or, or probably about the amount that we have to give out after winning the CFL Twitter Awards. More on that in a little bit. I, I got Brazilian ties sitting across me right now, and we now know it was different. But the other question I have for you is, Nikki said on this pod that you were going to become Ty the Love God after the wax. <laughs> Did you become Ty the Love God?
2: Uh, if I would have been able to function after 10 PM, maybe <laughs> I could, would have had a shot, but, uh, you know, spirit of Edmonton just kind of threw that out the window.
1: I don't know anybody that's Facebook friends with uh Brazilian tie. I don't know, man. I saw hashtag gray cup romance on there. Uh, Ooh. and I'm still looking at it. It's, <laughs> A picture of uh, Brazilian tie. I don't know where it is. Looks like some back room at the after party, and uh, some guy uh, actually. It looks like Chris Williams. Now I don't know if that's Chris Williams from the Ottawa Red Blacks, uh, but it says <laughs> "aw," and then under that <laughs> hashtag Grey Cup romance." So spill the beans.
2: There's nothing to spill.
1: I hate to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, yeah. Did we get the number of that bus that Travis just threw you under? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, let's see. Her dad is in the military. Oh. So yay. he could he could kill me slow, slower, or make my life a living hell. <laughs> His words, not mine.
1: That was one of those unique situations, because when you meet that special someone, you don't usually meet the dad right away. Usually it's maybe a couple weeks kind of thing, but you, you were put in that uncomfortable situation pretty much instantly.
2: <laughs> well, I went to... Andrew from Empire came and grabbed me, because we went up to the front of the stage, and that would have been Friday night, I believe, and we had to go and watch the end of the show. So I walked back to the end of the dance floor to say bye to basically her parents, (laughs) and her dad shakes my hand and goes, sorry. Pulls me in close and he's like, "You better get her number now before I change my mind."
1: Wow, <laughs> you were in with the dad before her.
2: Maybe
0: uh, this is incredible. Uh, I, I will, I will slow clap for that. That was well done, Ty. <laughs> but now and. L- Let's, let's move on this conversation from the Grey Cup trip. Enough about Ty finding love or possibly <laughs> being found in a ditch and never be heard from again. If that's the case, I do get his PlayStation 4. Do you guys want to start with the good or the bad from the trip?
1: Let's start with the bad.
0: Yeah, and then we can end it on a high note. So I'm watching the game back here in Saskatoon at my house, and next thing I know, <clears throat> uh, of course, all three of us have access to the Two and Out CFL Twitter account. My phone starts blowing up with notifications from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, from the CFL, and then I go into the Twitter feed to see what happened. And so let me get this straight, and Travis, you can probably explain this the best. You guys didn't have seats, despite the fact that you bought them, hell, like, (laughs) March? Yeah,
1: Yeah, yeah. So here's exactly what happened. So we had some friends uh, that had a parking pass. So we literally uh, tailgated right across the street from Investors Group Field. And, some
2: uh, better than others. <laughs> yeah,
1: my uh, fiance and I made the decision to go into the stadium uh, a little bit earlier, you know, get our bearings, go to the bathroom, get some food, get some 50 50 tickets, all that good stuff. And the concourse was. A royal rumble, as I put it. <laughs> like there was that's a, that's a good way to describe it. There was no moving anywhere. So we ended up getting split up, and uh, Tyrell ended up coming in a little bit later, and I ran into him, and I'm like, man, I'm looking for Taylor, because if I leave this spot, I know what happens to me. I'm in trouble, so <laughs> yep, I'm just yep, going to yep. stay here. But I ended up seeing her up at the seats where we were supposed to be. So I made my way out there. Uh, Ty and I, we, uh, we, we walked around. Ty went to get a beer, and I went up. And as I got uh, on the main level, kind of, of the temporary bleachers, she came down, and she was very upset. And I'm like, what's going on? And the first thing she says is, our seats don't exist. Wow. And I'm thinking, what?
0: Unbelievable.
1: So... She had the ticket. She's looking for the seats. Can't find them. Ends up asking an usher, and the usher's like, yeah, your seats don't exist. Wow. (laughs) Are you kidding me? So what had happened was, from what I can gather, is that our seats were in Section S3, Row 20, Seats 1, 2, and 3. Well, Row 20 started at Seat 6, and where our seats probably should have been, there was a pillar holding up the scoreboard. So, these didn't so, so exist. So, what
0: they wanted you to do was climb the scoreboard and sit up there.
1: Ba- basically, I, I think. So, we ended up having to go back down, and Tyrell, your phone had died because of the cold. I'm like, man, we're going to go find... He was in line for beer, and I'm like, man, our seats don't exist. We have to... You're like, what? They don't
2: exist. So- I had bigger fish to fry at that point. Yeah. I needed beer.
1: So, we had to go <laughs> back into the Royal Rumble which was the craziest thing I've ever seen at a CFL game. The end zone, half of the walkway was taken up by the supports that hold up the temporary bleachers. Yeah. So nobody could get through. It took... oh. It, yeah, kids are, like, crying, security's yeah. pulling them out. Like, it was bad, man. And then suddenly somebody decided to push their way through, and then we ended up getting the fan services. There was this big delay. They didn't have tickets ready for us. So that we ended up missing the National Anthem, uh, the team introductions, the flyover, kickoff, all the stuff that I have never missed at a Grey Cup. So needless to say... Wasn't very happy.
0: Well, and let's add to this that you did have a horse in the race that night. That your fiancée is a longtime Edmonton Eskimos fan. And the fact is, like, she missed the national anthem in the kickoff for, to see her favorite team in action.
1: Yeah, she she didn't get to see them running, running out of the tunnel as they were, you know, introduced as a team when we would have been if we would have known that apparently our seats didn't exist. It was such a frustrating start to the game. Like I've never had I've never had anything like that happen.
0: Well the thing that blows me away is is this year's Grey Cup, let's face it, it's been a bit from an outside perspective, it's been a bit of a gong show. So to watch you guys go through what you did, and I'm assuming you're probably not the only ones that went through that mess that happened that night. We the weren't. The fact that the CFL no. and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Investors Group Field didn't have their angry out, didn't have their shit together to the point. To give you guys your seats and to have everything go smoothly is just another black mark on from what is now being perceived as maybe a bit of a down year for the Grey Cup. I know you guys had a great time. You really did. But anywhere you blog, you read bloggers. RodPeterson.com, one of them. You know, talking about you know the, the complete gong show of the State of the League address and Jeffrey Orridge essentially lower ear speaking his way through the whole thing. You know, there's nobody more that loves the league than us. But to watch you guys from afar go through that gong show... To watch some of the things that happened, I mean, Tyrell's been telling me all about the shuttle service that was non-existent. I remember when all of us were at the 2013 Grey Cup in Regina, we didn't pay for a cab the whole week because of the shuttle service. Now, so your tickets are a gong show, and the shuttle service, I hear, was an absolute also gong show.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's weird, because on social media, for the most part, I see uh, positive things, and I-, I have nothing. Oh, yeah, 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 no, on social for sure.
0: But what I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of negatives from a lot of the experienced uh, sports writers in this. In, in the town. It seems like from a fan perspective, it was awesome, but I see a ton of sports writers that are going, you know what, between the State of the League address, yeah. between the nightmares of the stadium, and just a misorganization, it seems like this one may have fallen on its face.
1: And I have nothing bad to say, you know, about the locals and stuff like that. That was the best part. I, I couldn't oh, oh, believe Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, it's Winnipeg. I mean, has no, always been a great party city. And they've always been a great place to go. Trust me, I've spent a a ton of time in Winnipeg.
1: I couldn't believe how friendly they were. Like People were going out of their way uh, to welcome us to to Winnipeg for the Grey Cup. That was crazy, but the organization... Because in Regina, you knew when the shuttles were leaving. You knew where they were leaving from. And it was, honestly, I thought, the best organized Grey Cup I had ever seen. Now, I always hear negatives about that one because of accommodations and things like that. But the the, the festival committee and the, the league, they can't control that. Uh, and I, I don't think the league controls the shuttles here. But I'm sure Ty has told you, we froze Thursday night for 45 minutes outside at uh, one of these temporary bus stops that was set up, Uh, the hotel. We're like, when did they show up? Because it was so vague on the website. Apparently, it was every 15 minutes. Uh, Well, that was certainly not the case. And then, uh, actually, a public bus ended up pulling up, and this is what I mean about the locals. They said, well, I thought they were only running on game day. No, they're they're running the whole time, and they ended up giving us a free ride, the Victoria Inn for the Spirit of Edmonton, so that's good. But that's not the only time we froze outside. Saturday, we froze outside for well over an hour with other people. There were about 10 other people at the stop. Oh, Friday, yeah. We're, Yeah. we're, We're sitting there with about 10 other people, and it's pretty bad when you want to spend money instead of waiting for a free service.
2: Well, not not only did we wait for an hour at a bus stop, but we were at the wrong bus stop because it doesn't tell you which way the buses are running.
1: And and I was kind of miffed about that, but either way, no bus showed up.
2: <laughs> yeah, none, none of the blue route yeah. buses showed up for us anyway, but like, yeah, it was a gong show trying to get around sometimes.
1: Yeah, that was, and that left a bit of a sour taste. In my mouth, it's well, not well, like... that's the
2: thing, I'm looking at this Grey
0: Cup as a whole from, from the two of you guys. Again, we'll get into everything that was good about it, because there was a lot of good, and, and we're not sitting here to hammer on the festival committee. We're not sitting here to hammer on the league. I mean, give me about ten minutes, and Angry John will come out about Jeffrey Orridge, but we'll do that a little later. But listening to the both of you tell me about this and thinking back to my experiences in Toronto in 2007 that went so smoothly BC in 2011 Travis that was so smooth for the two of us you know Regina when we were all there you me Brazilian Thai, your fiance my wife we were all there and we had a great time I mean we, had, we it was a bit of a hard time to get accommodations but we found them and after we found them it was awesome it's just to me if you're going to offer it Make it right. If you're going yeah. to offer temporary seats at Investors Group Field, make sure they exist. If you're going to offer free shuttle service, make it right or don't do it. Like if you're not if you can't don't have the capacity to run the temporary seats and know where the hell people are supposed to be sitting, don't have them. If you don't if you can't run a shuttle service that that leaves you guys standing outside in the cold for hours at a time, don't even have it because then at least you would know. Hey, I guess we just got to budget a couple hundred bucks for yeah. cabs. Like, be, on, be honest with uh, here, everybody. I mean, we've all been to several Grey Cups. Travis, you're seven in a row now?
1: Yeah, I have seven in a row.
0: I've been to three. Again, I don't have a lot of input because I wasn't there, and I'm not going to say anything. Uh, Ty, how many Grey Cups have you been to? Two of the last three. So you've been to two of the last three. Trav, where do you rank it uh, uh, amongst the last seven in terms of the overall experience, can, uh, accounting for both the good and the bad?
1: The overall experience, it's bottom two with uh, last year's Grey Cup. Uh, last wow. year, I just... And I liked Vancouver's Grey Cup in 2011. Last year, I felt like it was thrown together because Vancouver had to host it yeah. because Winnipeg wasn't ready. They didn't have any of the you know extra stuff that pretty much every other Grey Cup I have... Has had whether it be the street festival or you know little things like that. There was none of that going on in Vancouver. You know when we went, they had the uh, convention center set up with little yeah. games to play. They had the TSN booth. We went there. Well, and it I remember was... the,
0: the um, when we did the, the the quarterback couch thing when we sat on the couch and we threw footballs through the thing. Which is funny because I'm an actual quarterback. Yeah, and you destroyed me. Uh, <laughs> I remember little things in BC, like, remember the Grey Cup was at a Scotiabank? And we and I, we walked over there and got our pictures with it?
1: Yeah, like, that was awesome. And last year in Vancouver, they had kind of that, uh, you know, concert series going on where we did play the, the, the football game, but it had, instead of free games, it had carnival games that you had to pay to play. And it was just like you're just trying to make money off of me, you know? Yeah. I can't imagine car- – like I was like, this would be great. If you had carnival games at, like, the Spirit of Edmonton yeah. for free? Oh, wow. man. <laughs> I, that, I thought that would be a blast. Like, I would play that the I- entire night just to try and beat those things. But last year's in Vancouver, it just seemed thrown together. This year's the poor organization. But the uh, it, it's funny because I felt like it was all or nothing – in uh, Winnipeg like Mm -hmm. they were there to greet us as soon as we got off the plane the volunteers were so friendly the locals were so friendly it was easy to get a cab it was there's there's a lot of positives but those big negatives I guess left a poor taste in my mouth
0: so so let's let's put it this way and I'll put it to you Brazilian Ty and to you Travis my mom's a teacher deals in letter grades letter grade
1: for
2: this year's great cup
1: see what did you say Ty I said D. I gave it about a C, yeah.
2: Yeah, like it, it was an extra 100 150 bucks we had to spend that we didn't account for when we planned this trip just for cabs. Like it has nothing to do with uh like the accommodations and all the other stuff yeah. they had going on. There's nothing to do with the locals or anything. It was just the game day experience and trying to get around on the shuttles, which was more confusing than anything.
1: No tie, really I d- killed it. I didn't end up going, but you went to the uh post game party uh right on the University of Manitoba. That was over for that was open for what, an hour?
2: Uh yeah, they last they called last call at ten o'clock. Wow.
1: And those tickets, if you didn't get them for free, they're a hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh my wow. You imagine paying a hundred bucks for that and you're in there for basically an hour? Unbelievable. And drink, and drinks are ten dollars a piece.
0: <laughs> no, well, we've, we've focused on the bad. We've given the festival as a whole a, 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 a D is a letter grade, I think. It's a D and a C to say. Now, before I get into any kind of orange rants, because oh, uh-uh, <laughs> Angry John might come out, but for now, let's look at the good. You guys, yeah. from all accounts, had a great time. You keep going on about how great the locals were. A big stick tap to our buddy Neely. Neely, oh. Travis and I met in 2011, Drove you guys to the game, got you in a tailgate. That's what, you know, he is representative of what I think you went through a lot in Manitoba.
2: And he partied with us all three nights and had to work two of the days.
0: Wow. (laughs) And another huge stick tap, and I'll say it again. I mean, Andrew and the Eskimo Empire podcast. Andrew reached out and he got a baby gift for Max. Max still doesn't fit his Eskimos onesie, so he wasn't wearing it on Sunday. He'll be wearing it right away, though, I can tell you that but Andrew sounded like he just had a great time with you guys.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would think so.
0: Yeah, I think we... <laughs> you guys seem like you're having zero fun talking to everybody. So let's let's look at the good. Let's let's look at the good, and I think we'll start there. You guys were at the Spirit of Edmonton every night. Let's talk about... It has a reputation for being the best party at every Grey Cup, and I think they lived up to that there. I want a story from both of you guys. We'll start with you, Brazilian time.
2: Okay, uh, well, we got there Thursday night after I got, uh, I guess it would be sugared, I didn't get waxed, <laughs> and uh, met Andrew for the first time from Eskimo Empire, and we're just kind of talking, and I'm crushing whiskey, and I had made Travis feel how smooth I was down there earlier in the day, and which, so, which we broadcast <laughs> on Periscope, by the way, so I met Andrew about an hour ago. And I'm like, so, uh, you want to feel it? And he just kind of looks at me, and I'm like, well, I'll give you a drink token. And he just, he's like, no, I don't think. I'm like, well, what about two? And then he starts to think about it, <laughs> and then throws an offside flag on me. <laughs> that's, that's
0: awesome. <laughs> Travis, uh, again, Spirit of Edmonds was awesome. I want to hear one of your stories from Spirit.
2: Um,
1: My favorite part, and yes, I won't hide that I had a a lot of drinks uh that's for sure my favorite part was uh camaraderie. When I met the guys from the Eskimo Empire, Mm -hmm. we just ended up uh, shooting the breeze about football. Now, uh, met superfan Mike. Uh, Of course, he's famous on the Eskimo Empire podcast. He was super nice to talk to. The amount of people coming up to me and saying, hey, uh, great job on the podcast. Thank you for doing it. Uh, Daryl met him. He was there every night. We ended up meeting uh, Ed Hervey, Mookie Mitchell, uh, Andre Pru we had, Drake with him at the bar at the Spirit of Edmonton. It was just, and you know what it's like. Nobody there disagrees. Everybody's there for one cause, and that's the Canadian Football League. Big shout-out to uh, Ryan from Prince Edward Island who was staying at her hotel and ended up giving a Brazilian tie a lift to the Spirit of Edmonton. Was that Saturday night?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't even remember this. (laughs) His short-term memory shot. Neely and I uh, got a cab. Just shortly after you and Taylor went to uh, Loverboy, and we were waiting downstairs, and it wasn't there, wasn't there, and this guy just starts talking to us, and he's like, well, where are you guys headed? I'm like, well, we're going to Spirit. And he kind of looks at us. I'm like, well, Spirit of Edmonton, the Victorian. and He's like, oh, that's where we're going. Just hop in with us. So I canceled the cab, got in some stranger's car that I'd never met before. <laughs> so Only in a great <laughs> cup is this acceptable. <laughs> so we get there, and he, him and his buddy, they're going to sit in the bar and have... Uh, late supper and then come in and then they partied with us for the rest of the night. And it got really out of hand <laughs> <laughs> and spoiled rotten, just killed it all yeah, nights as usual.
1: They're great every year. And I ended up meeting Ryan at the party and he treated me like he drove me there. He was such uh, a great guy. Uh, and talking to people that, uh, Listen to the podcast. I, I met uh, Dylan, who was the Hell Caminos in the Two and Out CFL podcast, Fantasy League, who uh, I sat right next to him at the State of the League address, and I, I sat down, and I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? And he puts his hand out, and he's like, hey, I'm Dylan. And I'm like, what? Really? Wow. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah, so it was just meeting all of the people that we had uh, engaged with on Twitter and seeing them in real life was very cool. I'm sure they see me and they see Brazilian tie, and they're like, you are really terrible representatives of the podcast, but good <laughs> yeah, for showing
0: good. up. The best-looking best member of the podcast was still here in Saskatoon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Lacey,
2: she's in on the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, another, another thing I wanted you guys to discuss here, the CFL fans fight cancer event at Garbanzo's Pizza. For one, um, I saw the tweets with how good the pizza looked. For two, can you just talk about what, what event it was? Do you know how much it was raised
2: at Ultrap?
1: It's
2: $6,500. Adam. That, that's what they announced. I was talking to Cam later that night at the end of Edmonton. They said it was cl- going to be closer to like seventy three, seventy four hundred. dollars
1: 7400
2: Wow. So. That, that's excellent.
1: And it's a little bit different of an event uh, than you're used to seeing at Grey Cup. It's a very uh, sobering uh, event that uh, makes you really think that, uh, you know, what this disease really does. And it was cool to see all those people coming out and making donations and uh, supporting their team at the same time. They had th- these amazing prizes. Chris Walby was there. He was a great MC, And uh, that was a really awesome event to be able to go to. And uh, they had really cheap drinks as well because Tyrell won a raffle.
2: <laughs> yeah. Bought a couple of raffle tickets and I walk up They draw my number, and I'm walking up with my Chris Walby jersey, which I bought in Regina in 2013. (laughs) It's like, oh, with that jersey, you can pick any car in the parking lot, to which I replied with, there is no parking lot. (laughs) So I went and picked up my gift bag, and I had pre-scouted and noticed a a rider's T-shirt and a $50 Garbanzos gift card. So I grabbed that gift card, and I couldn't spend it all.
0: That's impressive. <laughs> Garbanzos is a great place. It sounds like a great event. So finally, boys, before we move on to the news, and, and I give the, um, the steering wheel back to Travis here, we hammered on the bat. What is your lasting memory from the 2015 Grey Cup? Trav, we'll start with you.
1: It's all about the, the people that I met, and I think maybe that's what the Grey Cup is all about. Yeah, it uh, really is. The, the people that I was able to meet, uh, you know, the people that we've been engaging with on Twitter yeah. all all year long, it was really cool to meet them. And from the bad things I've said about the festival, they had some really cool stuff going on uh, downtown. You know, they've, they've teamed up with Shaw and those guys uh, from Team Shaw. Like, they had a meet and greet with Bo Levi Mitchell and Andrew Harris were there, and I know the league has been hammered lately about accessibility, and this great Don't get cup. me started
0: on that. Yeah, <laughs> don't not I, get me started on that.
1: And I think maybe that's more of a media thing. I don't think it's really changed for the fans. It was really easy to, if you needed an autograph from anybody, it was really easy to get. And, Just don't uh, ask
0: and, any of them for an interview. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh the locals really got behind uh this gray cup and they were really nice to the people coming in but yeah it's it's all about the people. And uh 5 years ago I might have told you the booze and while I did have a lot of booze this time around it was definitely about the people that I had the chance to meet and uh shoot the breeze with.
2: Yeah, I think touching on kind of what Travis said too the locals like I've never felt more welcome being away from home but the part that's really going to stick out is when we went to Eskimo's practice on Saturday afternoon. Oh, yeah. T- yeah, talk about that. Yeah, about the great cup club. <clears throat> um, like, it was just so loose, and Odell comes running out of the uh, dressing room and just jumps right into the stands with all the Eskimo fans and starts the, the Let's Go Eskimos chant, and we got to get handshakes and high fives from a lot of the guys as they went back into the room. They came over to say hi, and then... We got onto the field and got to take some pictures. And then Calvin McCarty came back out and Kenny Stafford, and they signed everything that everybody had. Uh, You know, took pictures with everybody that wanted them. Took a big group shot with Calvin, and then when we left, uh, you could still get autographs and everything from the Eskimos there that were getting on the bus and like that. Just don't ask him for an interview. (laughs) That I I thought that was really cool. I know it was a perk of being in the Grey Cup Club, but just getting the chance to be a part of that was pretty special, I think.
1: And I do want to talk about the Grey Cup Club because uh, we were all pretty miffed, the ones that got there early on Saturday, because it, the Grey Cup Club was a really cool thing to be a part of, but uh, that's another thing I thought was almost poorly organized. Now, I I will get to the positives there as well. But they had a welcome reception for us on Friday after the State of the League address. And basically I guess I was kind of expecting a little bit of an agenda. Maybe the maybe the commissioner would have been there to personally thank us for, you know, giving uh fifty bucks to he join was too
0: busy trying to figure out how to dodge questions again.
1: <laughs> yeah, to join this Grey Cup club and just to say thank you, but it was basically just this room. Nobody knew what was going on. They gave us a free drink ticket and sent us on our way. And the free drink ticket.
2: It wasn't a room, it was a hotel lobby.
1: Yeah. And I I mean, the free drink's nice, but. and, And the hat is nice, and everything like that is nice, but come on. And then we ended up getting to Eskimo practice. They told us to be there an hour early. So we were there an hour and 10 minutes early. We had no idea where to go. We ended up walking around the entire stadium. We're like. Where do we go? Yeah. And we ended up finding uh, – we ended up tweeting the guys from the Eskimo Empire, and they're like, meet at the bomber store. So we met there, froze outside for 40 minutes. The guys showed up that were running the club – and they took another 20 minutes to set up before letting us in to go warm up. And we're like, what is going on here? And then they finally let us in and we got to choose from a table, you know, full of leftover merchandise with, you know, Adidas coming on. And then the the, the stuff, the experience we got at the practice was all up to the Eskimos. That was that wasn't a Grey Cup club. It was just a bonus. We were we were yeah. supposed to be there to watch walk through, and if we got anything bonus, that was because of the Eskimos and that Odell Willis thing. We know Odell. Uh, yeah, that was really cool of him to do, and he actually ran by us and slipped on ice.
0: Oh no! Yeah,
1: <laughs> just imagine if he would have gotten hurt. The day before the Grey Cup, because he jumped into the stands for some guys to join the Grey Cup Club. <laughs> but, that would have been hilarious. Uh, to Tyrell's point, uh, the way the Eskimos were—I've never seen a football team like that. They warmed up for walkthrough. They blasted music, and it was basically watching a dance party. It's I had like never been at
2: John's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: so entertained watching the Eskimos dance around. They looked like. Tomorrow's just another game, you know, and that that was really cool that, that the Eskimos, they didn't have to. They did not have to come over and sign autographs and take pictures, but the, the fact is that they did. So they almost made the Grey Cup Club worth it, even though it wasn't part of
2: the package. And the Red Blacks just made the Eskimos look so much better. I'm not sure how still, that one was. Yeah, the, the Eskimos were still signing autographs, getting on the bus and the red blocks already wrapped up and everybody was back on the bus already so they did it quick they were 40 minutes in and out and gone
1: yeah and uh, that's what we had heard honestly i didn't see them practice so i can't really uh speak to that so the eskimos they uh, they made me a little bit less of a hater uh <laughs> and that's but- saying
0: something because you were a rider guy through and through
1: Yeah, and uh, I think my biggest issue with the Eskimos in the past was going into Commonwealth Stadium, and I don't think they had won there in 10 years, the Riders. And uh, the fans were always on my nerves. And I always thought Eskimo fans were, were jerks. And honestly, and I told the Eskimo Empire guys this until I met you guys. Uh, You have a great group of uh, diehard fans, and as lame and as cheesy and as sappy as it sounds right now, uh, I'm so happy that that team got to win the Grey Cup for Uncle Tim and company.
2: Well, if there's a person that deserves it more than Uncle Tim, I don't know who it'd be.
1: (laughs) He's a beauty. He's a beauty.
0: Uh, All right, Travis, I'm going to hand the show back over to you to go into the news. Uh, Unless you want to hear Angry John's thoughts on the Jeffrey Orridge thing.
1: (laughs) That will be in the news. Let's do it. In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out podcast. Thursday was relatively slow. I know we had the... uh... Uh, CFL awards going on, the MOP, Henry Burris, Coach of the Year, Rick Campbell, uh, offensive lineman, Sir Vincent Rogers. Yeah, the Red Blacks really had a great uh, day because uh, Brad Sinopoli won Most Outstanding Canadian. But defensive player Adam Big Hill, special teams, Brandon Banks, Darrell Walker, the best Rookie, the Commissioner's Award, went to Bernie Kustis uh, from Hamilton. Jeff Perrette won the Veterans Award. Burris won the Tom Pate Memorial Award. And Bob Irving won the Hugh Campbell Distinguished Leadership Award. And, of course, uh the 2 announced CFL Podcast won a CFL Twitter Award. So that uh, is what happened on Thursday and Friday morning. Uh, it was time to announce uh, something that this is positive. The league brought us in on, and they they told us uh, WWMO is uh, what we're made of, and uh, they were going to unveil a whole new marketing strategy for the Canadian Football League, which as a whole I think is positive. It's hard.
0: I love, I love what we're made of.
1: Yeah, it, I love the slogan, and when you watch that video, it is like wow. Like how do you not? Get excited uh, about that. Then they announced the logo, and, you know, there's mixed feelings about the logo. But when I watch it after the video, I'm like, hey, that makes sense. That looks really cool. But the State of the League address for the fans was almost like listening to a politician
0: oh that's that's all it is that's all exactly what jeffrey orridge did. jeffrey orridge is the king of politician speak and i can see why he didn't make a single public appearance the entire time let me start off the rant by saying what we're made of is awesome i'm so so on the new logo i think rod peterson made the best point he's been alive for 40 odd years he's seen three different cfl logos the Major League Baseball logo hasn't changed. The National Basketball Association logo hasn't changed. Why do we have to keep changing the logo? I love what we're made of. I do. I love that they brought us in. And I love the whole thing. But, I mean, to listen to Jeffrey Orridge, not be able to answer a single damn question from anybody. Where's the drug plan, Jeffrey? Uh. Where's And then he goes on to lawyer speak. Like, just man up and say... It's being worked on. You don't need to spin everything into a positive. There's no possible way you could spin the fact that ratings were down 15% into a positive. I get it. He made a good point. It was a perfect storm. Blue Jays, Pan Am Games, everything. That's fine. I'll give you a pass on that. But when he scoffed, to, when he scoffed at the fact that the, the players to the media, and I work in the media, are inaccessible and just kind of brush it off that's where it was i mean you just like the football reporters of canada i get it they can be a tough bunch you you won't find a more veteran group in canada of reporters than that group that was in that room right there but there's like
1: no rookies
0: <laughs> no no there's no like if i walked in there i've been doing this for eight years and i'd be a, an absolute rookie but it, it, the the media access thing and the fact that he just politicianed his way out of it I can tell you outside of practice and I've seen it countless times and I'm not sure if this is a league thing or a team thing. Covering rider training camp, something will happen to a guy. I conj- this two guys will get in a shoving match and all of a sudden, oh the next day, oh he uh, he pulled something. He's not available to the media. I have never once had a request granted through my real job to talk to anybody any player, anybody from the league, anybody from management outside of the approved hours of practice and I get it I get that you don't want guys being swamped at every Joe and Mary radio station but I I happen to work for probably the number one radio station in Saskatchewan for a very very long time and if I can't get an interview I feel bad for anybody out there that's trying to get it there's a reason there isn't a very specific reason why players aren't on this podcast because nobody makes them available we can find st- we can find TSN personalities. We can find analysts. We can find anybody, no problem. But holy angry out holy sh! If we try to find a player, not a <laughs> shit. it's unbelievable. And to sit there and watch Orridge walk up there and not give a solution to a single problem to and sound like a politician to both. I mean, how easy would it have been to have said uh, when he, when he was questioned about the officiating? Yeah, we're looking for the best people available. That's it. That's all you have to say. You don't have to make me answer thirty-four questions. Drug plan. We're working on it with the players. It's in negotiations. That's it. He didn't even know what the hell when he was asked about tampering. I don't think he knew what the Rooney Rule was. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm glad, and like, I'm glad to hear that as a whole, CFL fans are smart enough to not let the wool be pulled over their eyes. I get it. Mark Cohan was awesome when he manned up and answered questions. I hope Orridge does better in, in attempt number two. Again, Rod Peterson said it best. Lock him in a room with a CFL history book.
1: And I did hear that uh, the biggest complaint, you know, about him is that, <laughs> well, he wasn't around all, all, all year long, and uh, people are complaining about that, but I got nothing out of the State of the League address because nothing was answered. It was just uh, a lot of talking. Even for the fans, there was no direct answers at, lo- at all. We ended up getting a toque. We, we got a coin, and, and, and that was cool to be in the same room as him, but I did hear. Now, I'll be honest. I don't remember when Mark Cohan first started, but people had said that he struggled when uh, he first got on the job as well i'm willing to give him another year if oh so am i
0: i'm not sitting here saying that they should get rid of him i'm just saying here that the cfl's policy for the media really needs to be reevaluated and next year he needs to step up and say and answer questions because i remember the first time we went to the fancy of the league with mark cohan the first time i went was in regina in 2013 he answered every question There was no lawyer speak, it was just flat out answering a question. Even some of the most (laughs) ridiculous questions I've heard asked, (laughs) he would own up and say either, I'll look into that or anything like that. And again, part of the reason why Orge is being given such a hard time, and I should say it because you look at the Football Reporters of Canada, like you said, there's not a rookie in that room. You've got guys like Terry Jones who've been there forever. Arash Madani's been there forever. Rod Peterson's been there forever. Bruce Arthur's been there forever. Dave Naylor's in the Hall of Fame. yeah. Like, you look at the quality of reporter that's in that room. I wouldn't want to speak in that room. So, I'm I'm mad, I'm upset, and I hope it gets better. And I, I trust it will.
1: Yeah, and Peterson did say that the reporters there know more about the Canadian Football League than Orange does.
2: They know about more about the Canadian Football League in that room than... The- well, they could forget more about the CFL than we'll ever know. Absolutely.
1: And I... I'm not willing to just put him out to pasture. Uh oh, just, I'm not suggesting yeah.
0: I am not suggesting that one bit. I'm just saying that
1: he flubbed it. And maybe he's not Now, let me ask you this, John. I, I felt the biggest struggle with the last era of the CFL is Moving moving forward, now he's already got the deal with YouTube, which I think is really big, and I think that's a really positive to to get on the digital side of things, and maybe that's origin's strength.
0: Well, and- I think his strength is it does lie in marketing. You mentioned the YouTube thing. I'd also like to bring up have you ever seen the Dude Perfect videos? The trick shots? Oh you yeah, have yeah, those the are the same company yeah. that that does those for Dude Perfect that does it for the League. And honestly, I love the trick shot videos. Yes. I, the
1: minute
0: he brought them on board. He's you know what his strength is in marketing. What we made of what we're made of is a hundred percent him. Yes. So,
1: so that yeah. is a, a good thing coming from him. Maybe he, he's not good with, the, you know, the public uh, kind of thing, but he, he's done some really good things as well. So hopefully he can get better in front of crowds Uh I just
0: wanted to answer a question, and I want as a podcaster and reporter to know that one day that living in Saskatoon, I could speak to a Riders player or or whomever, and I get it, these guys would be absolutely bombarded with phone requests, but every other league, the NHL, MLB, NFL, has certain media requirements when they have to make their guys available, I've never seen one of those from the CFL, it's team by team, And some teams decided to just lock it up.
1: So that was the big news uh, from Grey Cup weekend, obviously. Uh, I'm I'm
0: happy now. No more angry John the rest of the episode.
1: (laughs) Now, My biggest issue with the new logo is that they weren't consistent with it. And I think at the State of the League address, he had said that the new website was going to get launched on Grey Cup Monday. It has not been launched.
2: Are we Uh, surprised?
1: (laughs) No, I don't know why... They they bring this out Grey Cup week. Is is that kind of weird that they don't launch next season with it?
0: Well, I would agree. Uh, and, and all I can hope for on the league website, me and Darren Bombing from TSN Radio in Winnipeg were joking back and forth on Twitter saying, I just want a games played stat. That's all I want. I don't yeah. care. The website can look like it's from GeoCities in 1992. I just want games played. It makes my job really hard
1: I've tried to look up stats, and I literally have to go to each individual game yep. and figure out if this person played or not. <laughs> yeah. so, so you don't know if he had a, a, a an off game or he just didn't play. So it, <laughs> it's hard right. to find stuff like that. And the they didn't go 100%. With the new logo, why weren't the refs wearing it on uh, game day? Why didn't they have the players rocking the new logo for the Grey Cup? And why
0: uh, and that goes down to why are you announcing it on the Friday before Grey Cup? They were yeah. so worried, see, the reason the players and the referees weren't wearing it, they were worried it would leak. There's no way there's no way to get all those helmet decals fixed up because I mean, otherwise you're asking the equipment staff to work the whole night and same with yeah. the referee jerseys and everything. I'm with you. They should have almost like announced what what we're made of is and then drop the new logo and new website a week later.
1: Yeah, and that that probably should have went down. So he did mention some good things. He 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 mentioned a, a video game, but he also mentioned fantasy football to get the uh, younger demographic into the Canadian Football League. Now, I I I, I Stay don't know for that by the way. Now, I don't know all about Uh, coding when it comes to websites and things like this, but when ESPN does their NFL fantasy football, I think it's set up to grab stats in real time from the NFL website. The CFL website is not set up that way. I think that TSN could supply a season-long fantasy league sometime in the near future, which I think would be huge because right now there's fantasy which is a grassroots awesome. That's the thing
0: platform we use
1: yeah good, good for them it's it's grassroots it is awesome but if the league could supply legitimate stats on a consistent basis then cuz TSN right now has the weekly fantasy if they could do season long because they have access to these stats then i think that would be huge for the league because a lot of people they still don't know about fantasy they just yeah. don't. and
0: well, uh, it, I Honestly, I'd love to see one of two things happen. Either the TSN-style fantasy should migrate to the CFL website, or okay. talk to fantasy. Because I, myself, I love matchups. I love being able to talk to my opponent. That's the, way, that's the game I prefer compared to TSN.
1: Oh, for sure. And, that, uh, and I'm just saying maybe TSN isn't doing season long because they don't have this access to real-time stats from the league.
0: Definitely makes it harder.
1: So that's uh, Grey Cup week in a nutshell. On the positive side of things, the uh, ratings were in, and one-third of Canadians watched at least a part of the Grey Cup. Awesome uh, game. 6% growth over last year, and yeah, you're right. It was an awesome game. The Edmonton Eskimos beat the Ottawa Red Blacks 26-20 after trailing 13 uh basically a second <laughs> into, the, yeah. into the game.
2: Well, it was just your typical... Eskimo game, slow start, and just put all your faith in Mike Riley and he's able to just pull it out by the end.
1: Yeah, he is one tough cookie, and I know Dunnigan mentioned it at the end, but he was laboring a few times in that game. He took some nasty hits, and he led that team uh, well-deserved. He got the MVP and Shamad Chambers, got the most outstanding uh, Canadian nod. So the ratings were good, and when I got back to Red Deer, which is not a CFL city. I know it's only an hour away from the stamps and an hour away from the Eskimos, but I went to uh, grocery, went grocery shopping, had a conversation about the Grey Cup. I went and got gas, had a conversation about the Grey Cup. I went and got pizza, as if I hadn't had enough in Winnipeg, oh and had a conversation about the Grey Cup. So people are still talking about this league, and things were very negative uh, up until the division finals. Now. If they can keep this momentum heading into next June, I think this league is still in great shape.
0: I would agree. I think the Grey Cup and what we're made of is going to be a lot of positive momentum going forward, and it's nice to see that for the league. They did address that the officiating does need to tighten up, and Orridge did, in a long-winded way, admit that. And that's, to me, the game was fantastic. Both division finals were fantastic, and... and I I think with Toronto moving to BMO and actually having a home field, and let's face it, the Riders and Bombers can't be that bad again. Your two biggest TV draws, I I think it's going to be some forward momentum for the league, especially. They they now realize there's a problem, so the first step to fixing the problem is admitting there is one, and they have done that.
1: Let me ask you this about BMO Field. What do you think about the end zones being only 17 yards?
0: You know what, honestly, I, I think it's, I'm a big baseball guy. I love the fact that every baseball stadium you go to is slightly different in some way. Even look at Edmondson. The, where the track is, you know, let's face it, the ends of the end zone are cut off just a little well, bit. They
1: changed that three years ago. Now they got the perfect uh, rectangle.
0: But I mean, back in the day, it was what I'm yeah. making
1: reference to. Yeah. And I liked it.
0: It gave a little unique charm. You know what? If the end zones are 70, we're not talking about 10 yard end zones. I don't mind it. it it's. Again, like I said, I'm a baseball guy. I don't mind stadiums having their own quirks, and this is just going to be part of it playing in Toronto.
1: And I really like that analogy that all the ballparks are different. Now, the end zones back in the day used to be 25 yards until uh, BC Place. uh, They could only fit uh, 20 yards in there, so there was the exception there until they changed them all to uh, 20 yards. I I don't want to see it change anymore. I don't want it to be uh, smaller than uh, 20. So that's the only thing I'm uh, worried about when it comes to the end zones because we have to keep this game ours. I
0: don't think there's going to be much more of a yeah. change in that way. There's never really been a discussion about it. There's never really been a complaint about it. I love the big end zones. Um, 120 yards seem to be perfect. But it's, it's funny, and, and this is just like I've never measured it. I've never counted it off. I've been in a lot of CFL stadiums in my time doing play by play for the Saskatoon Hilltops. One of my favorite things to do is walk around the field before a game. Yep. I can almost guarantee you the end zones at Mosaic are not the same size as McMahon and not the same size as Investors Group Field. I just, again, I've never had a formal measurement, but just running around on the field, playing catch with some of the boys, I think they're already a little different. Just nobody kind of says says anything about it. So that's why I, I don't mind Toronto's end zones being a little short.
1: That's uh, a little bit interesting. Uh, let's get to the real news, which blew up after the Grey Cup. Of course, the ratings were good. And now what I like to call the sideline shuffle. Uh, <laughs> Wally Buono is back on the sidelines in BC after Jeff Tedford uh, resigned. Now, uh, is something going on there? I didn't really think he did the worst job in the world. Maybe the players just straight up hate him. And we had mentioned early in the year that the pace of practice there was nonstop uh, under Tedford. So you had mentioned that maybe the veterans don't like <laughs> the way he's running practice.
0: Well, either two things. One, he changed their game day routine. I mean, that was reported kind of across across the league that he basically said, "This is the way I'm going to do my game day routine, and that's it." He insisted that the film session before the game and the final walkthrough happen very close to game time. Now, the problem is, is the Lions' practice facility is an hour from BC Place, Ooh. so so most of these players were used to a, a typical CFL day. Caesar team have a team meal, final meetings, you know, usually some downtime in the afternoon. Then they get to the stadium, get taped, and everybody's ready to go. Tedford changed that and the players hated it, and they hated the intense practice, so I think this was a you-resign-before-we-fire-you situation. Let's face it, he had one foot in the NCAA from the way from the get-go. He was never really a fit in the CFL, and it just seemed to me like he couldn't aspire, and he did good things with Jonathan Jennings, but he couldn't do a lot of good in BC, and it's probably for the best that he goes back to down south and I thought Buono was done coaching.
1: Me <laughs> too. Yeah, and he hadn't coached since they won the Grey Cup in uh, 2011, and I I didn't think Buono was ever going to return to the sideline. It's funny because they had mentioned uh, the succession plan in BC, and that was Mike Benavides. So they're going back to this uh, big succession plan. But the thing about Wally that I do respect today, he basically said, if we don't turn things around, it's my fault. He is putting uh, this team on his shoulders right now. Uh, I could see them grooming uh, Jarius Jackson to be the next uh, offensive coordinator and possibly head coach. Now that George Cortez is no longer uh, the offensive coordinator for the BC Lions, and I think he's going to retire. Yeah,
0: and you know what? I-, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I mean, the guy's basically won everywhere he's gone. However... That being said, there are going to be a couple teams in need of an offensive coordinator. I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe surface someplace on a one-year deal. Winnipeg!
1: And Winnipeg actually asked uh, permission to talk to uh, Jason Moss from Ottawa. Permission denied. Uh. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, moving to Winnipeg, throw whatever title you want on That would be a lateral move to be the offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, so uh, Moss is not going to be in Winnipeg. That job still up for grabs. We do know Dickinson, the new man in Calgary. We did know that, though. Uh, what else is going on as far as coaching moves? Chris well, Jones? the fact that
0: on Friday, Chris yeah. Jones is going to interview to be the coach and GM of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and we found out today that John Huffnagel was off for the job and said no.
1: Now this is interesting because I've read some money figures and they had offered Huffnagel to make the most money out of any executive in the league, including the commissioner.
0: (laughs) Well, you got to think, they broke it down in TSN's pregame show. And I know you guys, uh, you and Brazilian Ty didn't see the pregame show. No, no. Gary Lawless was doing some quick math. Chris Jones makes about 300 grand a year right now at Edmonton. The, both jobs in Saskatchewan paid about $350,000. So he expects the number for Chris Jones to be between six and $700,000 a year.
1: Who can wow. say no to that? <laughs> so uh, Edmonton
2: can't compete with that money?
0: No, not as long as they want to keep Ed Hervey around. And they do, because Ed Hervey built that team and did a great job of doing so.
2: And there's a lot of free agents that they're going to have to re-sign coming up right? Do you think that Chris Jones would bring some
1: of those Eskimos free agents with him to Saskatchewan if, if, if he does get
2: hired? Of course. I hope so. Well, the report, report broke
0: late tonight that Craig Dickinson is either going with Jones to Saskatchewan or going to join his brother in Calgary.
2: And yes. it's funny, you mentioned,
0: you mentioned the players thing. The Brazilian Ty and we're out for lunch today and sh- sure enough, Ty says how many of those guys do you think come? I said, well, for your sake, a whole pile.
2: <laughs> yeah. That defense was atrocious. And it got old fast.
1: Yeah, Dexter McCoyle is a uh, free agent now. He might try the National Football League. You don't know, but uh, both uh, Yeah, you have to think that uh, Jones would be able to woo those guys, uh, and he's got an inside track for that tappering that the league was talking about today.
0: Uh, <laughs> you mean the league wasn't talking about?
1: Yeah, <laughs> everybody didn't else didn't have a clue. And That's not the only uh, sideline move that happened. Defensive coordinator, kind of Rich Stubler, kind of blindsided the Stampeders. He's off yeah. to Toronto where he won a Grey Cup in 2004.
0: That, to me, is a sign that Scott Milinovic is staying. Yeah. Uh, uh, if they're hiring assistant coaches from other teams and going through that nightmare, yeah. that's a sign your head coach is staying because there were rumors he was going to Maryland, and apparently Sports Illustrated tweeted out that they have found a coach in Maryland.
1: I think uh, D- DJ Dirks is his name. Uh, they signed a guy in uh, Maryland, so uh, he will not Milanovic will not be the guy uh, down there. I tried to put all of the uh, sideline shuffle together in a summary. It'll be on CFLPass.ca, and also my diary of a Grey Cup is up there.
0: That's a great. That's a
1: great read, by the way. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. It's like a picture book.
0: Uh, that's yeah. why it's a great
1: read. That's why John <laughs> could read it. <laughs>
0: How about the other big news of today, too, that we're all kind of forgetting about?
2: Well, I haven't forgotten.
0: I know. John Cordish calls it a career, which, by the way, let's add that to uh, among the best calls of John Fraser this year, because I said that a month ago on this podcast.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, as much as I've had uh, rivalry with him as a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan, he has to be the greatest Canadian running back of all time, and you... And it takes a very smart guy to hang up the cleats when y- you have to think he can still compete, but he wants to be healthy after football.
0: Well, he wants to be healthy, and apparently it sounds like he's got a job outside of football that would be quite lucrative.
1: Wow, so really good for him. Congratulations to him on a great career. Now the next step for me is to try to get him to unblock me on Twitter because no hard feelings anymore, right? <laughs>
0: You should, you know what you should call him about some
2: financial consulting. <laughs> and maybe you could talk to Nick Lewis for you.
1: So if I if I can book a financial appointment with John Cornish and okay, first things first John. Yeah. Unblock me on Twitter.
0: <laughs> what
1: do you think he says?
0: First off, I'll give you my business. <laughs> but You need to make it unblock.
1: And can you talk to Nick Lewis for me? <laughs> then I'll give you my business.
0: You know what we might we, you know what if anybody actually goes to our GoFundMe page and sponsors this podcast? I don't know why they would, but if they chose to, um I would say we might we might need John Cornish's services.
1: now, tell me about this uh John Fraser, because you were tweeting me about it. I was fuzzy. I was at Great Cup. Tell me about this new initiative to kick off the off season.
0: Well, to cover our off-season here on uh, 2 Out CFL, I mean, we do have a a large amount of costs to produce the podcast every every month, every week. It, It takes a lot of money. And on top of that, Travis and I don't make a ton of money. So, rather than just straight up asking for your money and you don't know where it goes... We've started a GoFundMe page for two reasons. One, it'll cover the expenses of the 2 and Out CFL podcast for another season and another year. We're not going away in the off-season. We're going to put out a few less episodes. We're going to go monthly instead of weekly. We'll be back to weekly two weeks before the season. Um, So to cover these expenses, we said, okay, let's cover the expenses. And rather than you just giving us money and us blowing it, why don't we take the money and go to Grey Cup? That would allow us to produce exclusive content. Uh, you could hang out with us. There's different sponsorship packages, uh, presenting sponsor. We are in negotiations with a couple other people, uh, but basically GoFundMe.com slash CFL. We're going to have the link in our Twitter and Facebook pages here right away. Uh, there's different perks, uh, like for example, a couple hundred bucks. You can come on as a co-host. Uh, and then if you're a business owner that listens, your business can be the presenting sponsor or the, the fantasy expose sponsor or the uh, news sponsor as well, including 30-second commercials. Travis and I have a uh, radio production experience. I'd like to say we are in negotiations with a couple of people. Uh, so reach out quickly if you're interested, uh, either through the Twitter or directly to the GoFundMe page.
1: It does feel weird uh, that somebody would want to sponsor this show. Uh, but you know what
0: I, we're nearing 10,000 plays this year that's our first year um, yeah. I can't think of many other places that you can go to and we can guarantee you hey we got 10,000 plays last year and we've got a great following on social media great interaction you know those are ears you're in front of and I can I can tell you out of those 10,000 plays I only listen about once a week once a month maybe <laughs> I listen to the promo and I pick out what you, I see. What you picked out, and I don't listen. So you know, realistically, we don't have a ton of people on this podcast. So it's like you know, I, I know my dad listens. Uh, your mom and dad probably listen. You know, Brazilian times. My parents don't Everybody listen. Nobody knows because nobody likes them. So he's the only one listening. Uh, I, I don't like. My wife doesn't listen. I'm sure your fiance barely listens. She probably listens to the Eskimo Empire boys.
1: So, I don't think she's listened to a single second of this show. <laughs>
0: But either way, there are people that listen, and we have the numbers to prove that. Those poor bastards. <laughs> <laughs> and we thank you, especially if we make it a Grey Cup trip. Like I said, lots of cool perks if you're going to be a sponsor of the podcast. There's my business sell.
1: Of course, we are in the middle uh, of the off season. Thank you for sticking with us all season long. It was awesome to meet you at the Grey Cup. We don't have any picks to make, so this that is, is that is ki- kind of weird. Uh, However, I did we did some...
0: promise Andrew one thing.
1: Yes. <laughs> you now, know what we
0: promised Andrew. And I, think I Brazilian tie. Oh, I, I have an idea. I think you have to get in on this too.
1: Uh, am I banned from singing this though? I don't know. Is, do, you th- do you still
2: think it's April Wine?
1: <laughs> well, right. I think Andrew did
0: say that it's not exactly like you're you're good at it. So, for the last time this year, <clears throat> one, three, cup, champs, three, four, one, two. Three, four, we're We're cheering cheering, fight, fight, fight fight on Eskimos. Eskimos. We're marching right, right, right right on Eskimos. Eskimos. We're charging down the field for all to see. And And shouting rah, 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 fight on victory. We're fighting till every game game is won. The green and gold is bold and when we're done, We'll tell the world we're proud of Edmonton and the Edmonton. Eskimo-
1: I will say this, I think it was a little flat.
2: Well John has no sense of rhythm, so I will unplug your mic. Eskimos
1: Yeah. So is that close awesome. season one? Awesome. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We During will talk to you. We'll be back once a month. We'll talk to you soon, I guess. Later.